Sports Radio 1043 The Fan presents Mile High Hoops with Zach By. What is up and welcome to a special off-season edition of the Mile High Hoops podcast. As always, I'm your host, Zach By, and as always, I appreciate you spending a sliver of your busy day with me. It has been a minute. I promised myself to take the time off. Got a three-year-old at home, got a new house, wife seven months pregnant, football season uh, fully upon us and everything leading up to that. Uh, But I'll tell you, it is good to be back with you uh, here on the podcast and for the first time ever, inviting in uh, not only a colleague, but a guy that's turned into a good friend here at the station and someone that I, I really enjoy talking basketball with. Uh, and that is James Merlat from DenverFan.com. James, welcome in, man. Hey, I'm uh, thrilled to be here. Now, according to reports, uh, I've heard stories that on other Nuggets podcasts, some of the crazy, wacky things I say have turned into segments. It's nice for me to actually be on here and to be able to express my opinions personally okay, and defend them and discuss them and argue them and whatever. So, yeah, I'm excited to be here. It'll be fun. What, 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 uh, can you talk about what you're referencing it or was, what, what the subject matter was? Uh, well, and I think it stemmed from the, the most recent one. It was when you and I were part of a Nuggets war room. Yes. And I, everybody was all excited about how Michael uh, Malone had hi- handled Michael Porter Jr., and I was the lone dissenter. Now, that turned into some segments on some various Nuggets podcasts about, you know, what an idiot that guy from the fan is because all the Nuggets guys on there <laughs> no, thought Michael Malone was great. No, I think I, think I heard <laughs> what you're talking about. And they, were, they, were, they were pretty respectful. Okay. Uh, you right. know, they disagreed with you. Uh, and think that uh, maybe you uh, uh, have an agenda to stir up some stuff, but I'll tell you what you, you know. You and I have gone um, you know back and forth on so many different topics through the years and through the past. Well, how long you worked here at the Fan? Two years, two now? and a half years. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Um, you know we've we've had plenty of spirited conversations, and a lot of them have had to do with the Nuggets. Um, I, I want to jump into that uh, Michael Porter Jr. conversation in just a minute. But first, uh, really the impetus for us uh, jumping on here today and for me breaking my offseason streak was that uh, we found out uh, while I was on the air doing our show here in Denver at uh, uh, Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan, that Aaron Gordon has agreed to a four-year $92 million contract extension with the franchise. It was Sham Sharanya. Uh, from uh, The Athletic, uh, senior lead uh, NBA writer uh, for The Athletic and Stadium, who broke the news first. Uh, he said Denver acquired Gordon at last season's trade deadline to fortify, uh, to, to fortify a title-contending roster, beating out several rival franchises for him. Gordon averaged 11 points, 5.5 rebounds, 2 assists in 10 postseason games this season. Just 25 years old, he's entering his 8th season in the NBA. It's crazy how you can be going into your eighth season at, at 25 yeah. years old. Yeah. It doesn't uh, seem to add up. But yeah. No, but just with the, the one year at Arizona, right? He was the fourth overall pick. And here he is making Denver his home after the Nuggets, like Sham said, uh, traded for him last year at the deadline. Your initial impression of this when you heard it was what? Uh, well, there were two things. One, they had to get this done, right? Last year they went into the offseason and the number one priority was re-signing Jeremy Grant. And they weren't able to get that done. Now, you and I have debated back and forth as to why. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think there's more to it than just the story that's out there of, I wanted to go to Detroit for a bigger role. Do I think that's a part of it? Yes, but I think there were multiple layers to it. But after that, I think they had to get a deal done 
this year with Aaron Gordon. I think they still have to get a new deal done with Michael Porter Jr. I think the impetus is on them of, hey, we're in a window here. Now, one of the years of the window went away, unfortunately, because of Jamal Murray's injury, but they are in a championship window. When you have the MVP on your roster, you're, you need to be in that conversation. When you have other pieces around him, and Jamal Murray's a borderline all-star, mm-hmm. certainly performed in the bubble like an all-star, yep. uh, was fantastic in the playoffs down in Orlando. Um, Aaron Gordon is one of those guys that, you know, is he a all-star? Uh, he's, you know, he's kind of been on the fringe of that he was in the Eastern Conference, right? And he, he is when he's on a bad team putting up good numbers. Yeah. But he's a really good player. Four years, $92 million. Good player. You better be a really good player. And then I think we all think Michael Porter Jr. is going to turn into that. So there's, there's your core four. You have to keep them together. If Aaron Gordon leaves, then you're looking at it saying, well, how do they piece it back together? What happens? How do you, you know. That would have been worst case scenario. Yeah. How do you make up for it? You're starting to run out of assets. You don't have a Gary Harris to trade away anymore to bring in somebody. Like, it just doesn't work. And you start to look at it and think, man, I think this team, the, it, the, the opportunity may have passed. And it would be remarkable to say when Nikola Jokic is there on the roster and in his prime. Um, but I think what we saw last year when Aaron Gordon came here. I think the Nuggets were like 9-1 and one in the 10 games before Jamal got hurt. Correct. They were playing really, really well. James, they looked like the best team in the league. They did, and it all just worked together. And Aaron Gordon's role, I think, disappointed some fans at that point because he wasn't putting up huge numbers. But I think he did exactly what he needed to do. He was a guy that got points without having to have play after play after play go to him. Right? He was kind of like what everybody hoped Kenneth Fareed would be, mm. of like hustle points and getting rebounds and second shots and... You know, when they swing the ball around, they leave you uncovered. You can knock down a shot. Like, he was he was playing that role perfectly. And then his ability to go to the basket without the ball with either Jamal or Joker passing it, passing it to him and, and hitting him on backdoor cuts and those kind of things, I thought he was just a perfect fit. I was, I was so excited with where the team was going. When Jamal went down, championship goals went out the window. But I still think, and this is where you and I and some of the, the Nuggets – guys in town went round and round. I still think they needed to have expectations in the playoffs and against Portland, they were able to beat the, the Blazers and I thought they, they needed, which to. I, I didn't think they were going to beat the Blazers. I know nobody did. And that was what, that's what got me upset. I'm like, you got, you got the MVP. You got to be able to get and out home the first court round. Advantage, if you remember, you're like, you yeah. got the MVP with home court. Yeah. Now going against the Suns, I had no expectation of them winning that series. I think that would have been unfair, but I think you could have competed in that series. I think you could have won a game or two, and save for the first three quarters of game one, they were essentially non-competitive. And I think Aaron Gordon's inability to step up, you just read off his stats in the in the playoff games, 11 points a game, five boards. I mean, man, that's pretty pedestrian. Yeah. And, you know, in the, in the Portland series, he was able to step up and at least slow down Dame Lillard for a little bit. Yeah. You know, when they needed a stop. And the Nuggets had no answer for what the, the Suns were doing offensively. And, you know, is that Aaron Gordon's fault? Is it coaching staff's fault? We don't know. But his inability to step up there was concerning. So it's a very long-winded answer for me to say, I think it makes sense when everybody's healthy to have Aaron Gordon be a part of this core. But Jamal Murray's not healthy. And he's not going to be back for a while. And it, we'll see when he's actually Jamal Murray, even after he comes back. So Aaron Gordon, when you're making almost $25 million a year, when you're making $23 bucks a year, you have to, in a short short window here, however long it is, weeks, months, whatever, be able to elevate your game and be at least the third best player on a team that includes the MVP. Aaron Gordon has to be in the first half of the year 
much, much better than he was in the Phoenix series. That's the more succinct way to say what I just rambled on about. <laughs> no worries. Um, I, I'm hoping that in year number two with comfortability, uh, some of that will come. You know, I, I also, you know, going back to, to the Sun series, and I haven't talked about this in a while, but I think that much like the Warriors who were trying to break the Bulls record, I think that foot on the gas every single night from the time that Jamal got hurt, I think that it didn't reveal itself just how much that took out of them until that Phoenix series. Games two, three, four were a disaster, just like a, like a team who was just totally dead. Hopefully, like that's an offshoot conversation of of this specific one to, to the news today. Um, but, I mean, look, you're right. I, I, first of all, this would have been a worst-case scenario, like I said, if this deal didn't get done. Yep. How do you make the deal get done? you got to overpay him. You are overpaying uh, Aaron Gordon. That is part and parcel of the Nuggets' existence here in Denver. If you want that guy to stay here, you're going to have to overpay him, a la Millsap, who you paid $100 million for four years. Yep. Think about that. Uh, it's it's going to be nearly the same number that, that Aaron Gordon is, is going to make in four years. Uh, close to I, it. I, I would take Aaron Gordon... Every day of the week and twice on Sunday of over co- Paul Millsap. Of, co- of course. But it's a good example of how they had to overpay. They have to do two things. They have to overpay, you know, essentially in free agency. And they have to take early gambles on guys. And it paid off with Joker and with Jamal. Mm-hmm. It didn't really pay off with Gary Harris, so they were able to use him as a, you know, a piece of the Aaron Gordon trade. Yep. But you're right. They, did they overpay? Yeah. But uh, to me, that's exciting as a Nuggets fan. Because I've questioned Stan Kroenke's commitment to... Winning a championship. I think he wants to win, but are you one of those guys that needs to win? And are you willing to spend every dollar you can possibly spend? It's a business. I get it. I don't expect these teams to lose money. But I also don't expect them to just sit there and go, hey, we got the MVP. We're a fun team to watch. People are going to come out. We're Denver. What do you want yeah, from us? There's no expectations. Yeah. Let's just make a bunch of money, have an entertaining team. We'll be fine. Yeah, no, this is an indicator of a real yeah. commitment here because you know they're they're going to try their best to get a deal done with Michael Porter Jr. I mean, that, that that's for sure. And we haven't got that news. And I'm expecting any day now to get that news. We've heard there's progress on both sides. But you, you often hear that, and sometimes it doesn't get done. But if you lock up Michael Porter Jr., I mean, to me, that is a real signal from the organization that we're going all in. This is maybe the most all-in period in franchise history. Yeah, I think, and you throw Will Barton into that. Yeah, right? there so you go. You, you bring back that starting five. Who you had to overpay as well. You did. Uh, and Will Barton, though, is your fifth guy. Really good fifth guy. Yeah. The problem for this team has been when Will Barton has had to be the second or third guy mm-hmm. or when Will Barton thinks he's the second or third mm-hmm. guy. Now those those two things aren't always the, the right. same problem. Right. That's when they get into in, into issues. But if Jamal can come back and be healthy, and, and by all indications he's on track, and in basketball it's a much faster recovery than in other sports, and particularly football where there's just a physical pounding. Um, and we've seen you know little tidbits on social media that looks like he's coming back. If he can come back and be the same guy, and you've got Jokic, Murray, MPJ. Aaron Gordon, Will Barton. Pretty formidable. I'll go to battle with that in against Hell any yeah. team in the West Hell in yeah. an A seven game series. Hell yeah. And now, and, and, and and just to, to put emphasis on Gordon here, and I didn't mean to cut you off, James, but like and I said this to you live on, on, on the radio, like Aaron Gordon is a great fit for the Nuggets, but the Nuggets might be an even better fit for Aaron Gordon if that makes sense. Because yeah. when Aaron Gordon is asked to do too much and he comes out of himself, he's not a very good 
among the good NBA players, I'm not talking about great or all-star, like among good NBA players, he's on the lower tier. That's just not who he is. That revealed itself over and over in Orlando. If he's if he's trying to score 17 points, 18 points a night, maybe you get there on every seventh night here with Denver, maybe every sixth night. He's more like average. Can you get, you know, and, and maybe I'm maybe I'm having a too bar low the the too low of a bar for Gordon. I'd say between 14, 15 points, something like that, that's perfect. Be the fourth option on a team that's trying to win a title. I don't know. I, I, I hope I'm not using my imagination too much, but I think this is a perfect fit here. And he's just 25. I, I think he's a perfect fit here for a couple of reasons. One, and we see this all the time, and it's what has historically made the Nuggets a good regular season team and not a good playoff team, is you can run up and down the floor and beat people here at altitude who they're on the sixth game of a seven-game West Coast road trip, and they have no interest in doing that, right? They, the, the, the Hornets come in here, and they don't want to do that for 48 minutes. So his ability to run up and down the floor, uh, I think, makes him effective here. But his also his ability to move in the half court without the basketball, that I touched on earlier, when you have a team, the Nuggets are as good at passing the basketball, that fundamental of the game, as any team in the league. That's right. And it's because of their center, yep. who has a unique skill set. Yep. And it makes them different. And I think he fits really, really well with that. His primary, Aaron Gordon's primary skill, what he brings to it, is his athleticism. His ability to jump, to run, to get rebounds. He's kind of that quick jumper. Like, that's what makes him dangerous. If you're asking him to try and score in the, ha- in the half court by making his own shot, creating his own shot. You're in trouble. Yeah. He's Unless just, there's an obvious mismatch that you're trying to take. Sure. But outside of that. You're putting him in the low post against a you know, much smaller, much you know, less athletic guy. But yeah, if he's trying to create his own shot, trip after trip after trip up and down the court, that's when I think he gets into trouble. So no, I, I think he's a really good fit here. This is good news for the Nuggets. They have to figure out a way. And that thing I mentioned earlier about regular season versus playoffs. That's their hope of how do you bridge the gap until Jamal Murray comes back. They're, they're going nowhere. We've seen it. We've seen this band. They're going nowhere in the postseason without Jamal Murray and without Jamal being Jamal. They just aren't. We just, we just witnessed it. So let's not forget it. Let's not have, have people tell us, well, this band plus P.J. Dozier is going to be different. Come on. It's too tough in the West, man. Exactly. And it's too tough everywhere you know, to, to, to be missing your second best player, right? But they can to be fair. But they can win in the regular season. Sure. And we, yeah, we saw it yeah. at the end of last year. Yeah. You, you talked about how they kind of ran out of gas yep. trying to win without Jamal. They were actually they, – they improved their seeding after Jamal got hurt. But I, I think that – but, but to um, – I think that – I was about to say fool's gold. That was – an all-out organizational effort to prove a point. I just, you know, to beat a team like Phoenix four times in 13 days without right. your second-best player. Agreed. Agreed. But you can win in the regular season yeah. without him. You can. Because, you know what, you can go out there and get teams that just aren't ready to play. They just don't show up. They're not ready to deal with your unique style of play. All those factors that go into it. They can have some success in the regular season while they wait for Jamal to come back. But for this formula to work, and ultimately it has for it to work, they got to get to the Western Conference Finals. They got to get to the finals. They got to compete for a championship. For it to work, they have to have Jamal come back. But if Aaron Gordon had left, honestly, it wouldn't have mattered if Jamal came back to being Jamal. Probably they, they so, wouldn't have right? enough. They You're wouldn't still have enough. incomplete of a yeah. team, and yeah, no, I I think that's a fair point. And I, you know, I'm hoping from from the Aaron Gordon uh, standpoint that we're just seeing the tip of the iceberg of the work with Jokic. Because you know how many regular season games he played with the Nuggets last year? 25. 
That was it before it really started to count. Yep. That's infancy starting to build chemistry with someone, but you saw flashes of it. Like Aaron Gordon's an on-time cutter. He's got pretty good acumen, yeah. Uh, yeah. pretty good basketball IQ. So hopefully that relationship is just budding. And by the time that it's fully blooming, Jamal is coming back and you're, you're able to make a run. Um, you know, we'll see what it looks like. But the other thing is, you know, Jokic, just, just to touch on Nikola here for a second, the videos that are coming out of him, you're seeing a further commitment to his physical, like being a professional athlete. I said for three years on this podcast, leading up to him coming back in the bubble all trimmed down, and I make some people upset because I say it on the air too. It's like, you can't tell me you look like that and have dedicated your life to this. James, it looks like Nicole has dedicated his life to this. Yeah. He's gone from skinny to then finding like a, a medium uh, between his weight, playing with power, and keeping the weight off to now just looking cock diesel, sprinting constantly up at Red Rocks. The videos are almost weekly. It looks like he has turned over his life to his legacy as a basketball player, and it begs the question, if the MVP is doubling down his commitment and, and it can improve himself physically even more so than he's already done, is there another level? Is there another tier of a young basketball player still in terms of the arc of his career? I, I, you know, What does that look like? Well, I think there is, and uh, Zach, I was on the air with you for some of those conversations when you would – uh, call out Jokic for that. And it was not a popular opinion in this town because oh, he, he was, plays at that way. Right, he runs right. heavy. He played 60 He's, minutes in the quadruple overtime game against Portland, yeah. which he did. Yeah, he did. Right. Two but, things can be true at the same time. Right. Just because you get away with it doesn't mean you should be doing it. Right, right. And he was getting away with it, still putting up good numbers. But there aren't many things that you know were indirect positive outcomes from COVID. But an indirect positive outcome from COVID was Nikola Jokic went overseas. I assume he went back to yep, Serbia. Yep, he did. And that could have gone one of two ways, right? Yeah. We all did one of two things during quarantine. We either were like, I got a lot of time on my hand. I'm going to get my butt in shape. Oh, yeah. Or I got a lot of time on my hand. I'm going to eat and drink myself. Oh, to You don't want to see me when I go back home. <laughs> it's a twister right. of self-destruction. Right, exactly. And so he came back and saw the immediate rewards of that, though, right? He was, he was right. great in the bubble. Right. And I have to assume the light bulb kind of went on of like, and this game is easier for me than it's ever been when I'm playing at this weight, when I'm in shape, and I'm having success, and I can do things I couldn't do before. And now that he's adding on top of that, kudos to him. It's it's a little bit like Von Miller, right? Like we, none of us were happy when Von Miller was doing dumb things early in his career, but he was getting away with it because he was an unbelievably talented guy. And then he had to turn stuff around, different kind of problems. But you get what I'm saying of turn stuff around and take his game to a whole nother level. And he deserves credit for doing that. Jokic, we were all critical of him when he was doing things he just weren't best for his career. He was getting away with it, but weren't best for his career. Yeah, Kudos to him that he fixed those things and has elevated it. Because it's the issue I've always had with a guy like Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard was as good in year three as he was in year eight, nine, ten. Maybe better in year three because he still had all that athleticism. He, his game never got better. Yeah, The greats, you know, Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson, uh, Kobe Bryant. Larry Bird, they would all, LeBron, they would all go find something, the weakness yep. in their game, yep. and fix it in the yep. offseason. I remember Magic Johnson, he, he couldn't make free throws, right? He was like a 68% free throw shooter. He goes and works on that all offseason, comes back the next year, shoots like 92%, wins his first MVP. 
it seems silly that you win the MVP because you're making free throws now. Yeah, but the difference but of the, averaging 22 right. to 26 or whatever. Right, and still it, doing yeah. all those other things, right? right? Still being right. a six foot nine right. point guard, uh, it, it made the difference. That's what the greats do. So he's put himself in that kind of conversation in today's NBA by doing that, doing that, and getting himself in shape. And so, so, so here's here's the question I ask, and, and I'm kind of using my uh, uh, forecasting with my imagination, but I think it's under the umbrella of reality. Jokic somehow finds another gear. Aaron Gordon in year two with this team. Will Barton coming back, veteran presence. Jamal. The videos on Jamal that are surfacing from his rehab are just to, – to, I'm not a doctor, but I'm here to tell you he's light years ahead of uh, where he is supposed to be, which is what you would think of Jamal. He's got like a – you're talking about a grinder and someone who just – you're talking about someone who has dedicated his life to basketball. That's Jamal Murray. Uh, so ipso facto dedicating his life to the rehab to get back to basketball. Combined with Michael Porter Jr.'s growth, am I talking myself into all these things at once? Yeah, I am. But I think it's realistic. But that last piece, Michael Porter Jr. coming back with better everything because he's got an array of things to improve on defensively, first and foremost. Got to work on his hands. Got to work on um, you know consistently creating his own shot, playing with others, and finding that balance. Um, that's a tricky one. But if they can get that last one in addition to those others that I'm kind of assuming are going to happen. I don't know, man. Sky could be the limit with this team, and I'm not. I, I am not some Nuggets homer, but I I'm looking at this thing through a certain lens, and it it there could be a picture that if a couple things happen that could come into focus that could make a lot of Nuggets fans happy. Yeah, I don't think any of those things are impossible to have have happen, right? Like we've already seen it with Jokic, so sure, that's doable. I think the Aaron Gordon thing makes a ton of sense. You you talked about it. They only played 25 games together that point in the season, you're not even practicing a lot. Right, no, right? right. And so to just know where someone is on the basketball court, you just have to play basketball with them. So that's very possible. I, I kind of put Will Barton as less important. He just needs to he needs to know his role. And and I do think Jamal coming back with today's medical advancements, and you see a guy like Zach Levine come back from an ACL, yep. he's the same guy, right? Still has the explosiveness. Which so. is unbelievable. Yeah. So but Gallinari, we've seen him come back. Right. It's not Bernard King in the 80s where they were right. never the same player. Right. So all those can happen. I think Michael Porter Jr. taking the next step is the biggest question mark. I'm not saying he can't do it. I'm not saying he's not dedicated to basketball. But does he do what Jokic eventually did, right? Does he kind of have the light bulb go on and go, I can't just be the most talented guy and get by on that. Not that Jokic ever was, but I've got certain talents. Yeah. And I can be pretty good and I can make a ton of money. I'm going to get a you know nine-figure contract by just doing what I've been doing. Or do I want to be great? Because this is going to sound nutty, but I think he has the highest ceiling of anybody on the Nuggets roster. Sure. I think that's fair. When you get mentioned in the same breath and people compare you to, oh, he could be Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant's a top 10 player in NBA history, right? Top 20 probably, yeah, even if you're say, a Durant hater. Challenge, but but, but, but it, it's, it's, it's a reasonable He's assertion. In, you, yeah. you can make the argument. Yes, yes, right? you can. Yes, you can. I think I've always I've been the biggest Jamal Murray fan since the day they drafted him. And I think he's got a ton of upside. But nobody ever puts him and compares him to those kind of guys, right? Jokic is his own thing, and you hear it now when the people say, you hear Popovich compare him to Larry Bird, and he's kind of turned into that. But Michael Porter Jr. has the highest ceiling. He has the most upside. He needs to be, even when Jamal comes back, the second best player on this team. 
Because how good of a team are you if a healthy Jamal Murray is your third guy? Then you're a legit contender. Then you're really somebody that the Warriors, when they turn back into the Warriors and the Lakers, whatever band it is they've put together, they're like the Eagles reunion tour, whatever the heck they have going on. Mm. But the West has got a lot of teams, and they got a lot of teams that aren't going to just stand still. But if Jamal Murray's your third best player, you got yourself a shot. So I think this thing, it, it hinges on him coming back, but it really hinges on Michael Porter Jr. taking that next step. And that's on MPJ. No, it that's is. on him. It, it is. It is. And and I think that if I were to, like, it, because we don't really know these guys and who they are behind the scenes. We don't, we don't know them. But if I had to guess just on the clues that I have, I think Michael Porter Jr. wants to be great. I do. I saw the step that he took from year one playing. I know he basically had that redshirt year in eighteen nineteen, I think it was. Um, but he, the jump that he made from his first year playing to his second year playing, his first year he averaged nine points. Second year, nineteen points. Like that's that is an extremely significant jump. Went from forty two percent from three to forty five percent three. Those are really really nice jumps. Shot five uh, percent better from the field. If, if he if he can just n- not replicate it, from, go from nineteen to 29, but again, wanting to be great, wanting to be part of a winner, which we still, you know, a lot of guys say it, but we, Jeremy Grant, I mean, went from playing with a Western yep. Conference team to a lottery team, uh, but I think he wants to be great, so hopefully he can take that next step, and if this, if that, if this, if that. The one part of it that's not on him, though, I do think the Nuggets, and this is my beef with Michael Malone, you can't treat everybody the same. Right, I, I think that's one of the things that old school, quote unquote, coaches and people have a hard time with with today's day and age and today's young people and whatever. Like, you know what? This is you got to go earn it. And you got to do this. And you got to jump through these hoops. And this is the way we did it in my day. It's the it's the Vic Fangio thing, right? I think that it, I think Michael Porter Jr. is one of those guys. He's what twenty two. Right, uh, so he, he is uh, twenty three. Okay, so twenty three year old kid just turned twenty three. You know, June. he's born in what nineteen ninety eight. So he's the modern generation. I think you got to treat those kind of kids, some some of those kind of people, and I call them kids because I'm more than double his age. You got to treat the, uh, people in that age group a little bit differently, and some of them can deal with getting hey, kicked in the butt, and that's how they get motivated. Some people actually blossom when you put your arm around them, or when you say you're you're our guy. You, we're we're counting on you to to carry us tonight. Like and if you, yeah, if you yeah. make a mistake or two, doesn't matter. I, you're still our guy, and I'm riding with you. And you you they you know start to feel like all right, I am that. I, I, and then they live up to that those expectations. I think the Nuggets and Michael Malone to some extent have to treat him like a star before he is a star, and he'll turn into a star. I don't know if that makes sense. No, it it, it does. It does. And you know, you and I have disagreed on this topic through the last two years or so. And I go back to the same thing that I've always said about this uh, relationship between MPJ and the Nuggets. Like, it's so unusual because someone of MPJ's talents and ceiling goes to a lottery team that's bad, and you can just say, go play, go make mistakes. But trying to develop a potential superstar with the same expectations of winning is a razor's edge margin uh, 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 type thing to walk. Uh, And has Michael Malone handled it great all the time? No, I don't think so. Uh, has MPJ handled it uh, well all the time? No, but I'm hoping that both sides understand that this is symbiotic. You are actually better together. Figure it out from the human standpoint through basketball. Is it more arm around you stuff? Probably. You know, Mike Malone can be 
tougher than a two dollar steak. Yeah. So yeah. you know we'll we'll see what it looks like. But I, I I hope that these two because MPJs just don't come walking through the Nuggets door. They don't. They're they're once in twenty twenty five years, like you know, or maybe once a decade. You got Carmelo. You got Jokic. Alex, you know, like it's it's not L.A. You you gotta you gotta draft them and develop them. Well, and and I think there are times where what seems like the worst thing in life turns out to be the best thing when you look back, you know, through the rearview mirror. And if Jamal Murray had never gotten hurt, that pressure to win, that pressure to contend, that pressure to be, you know, back to the Western Conference Finals remains. And we saw Michael Porter Jr. would get in the doghouse and he wouldn't play, and there would be a quick leash. And I don't think he would have ever surpassed Jamal Murray as the second best player on this team if Jamal Murray hadn't got hurt, even though I think he has the potential to. Jamal Murray goes down. He had to play at the end of last year, and he blossomed. What did he have in the first quarter of that game against Portland in the playoffs? 26 points or something like that? Yeah, something stupid. You know, those kind of things that you can build upon. And now this first half of the year, expectations will be down a little bit. I'm not a a give-you-a-free-pass kind of guy by any means. But my expectation isn't the Nuggets are first, second, or third seed in the West by the time the All-Star break rolls around. They have a little bit of wiggle room. So that gives them the opportunity. Hey, we And, and they have no choice but to play Michael Porter Jr. Right. They have to have him out there. Right. They have to treat him like he's the star because there really is no other option. We may look back in two, three, or four, or five years if this all plays out the way it needs to play out for them to be a legit contender and say, you know what? That 10 months when Jamal Murray was on the shelf actually turned out to be the best thing for the Nuggets because it created the opportunity for MPJ to blossom into a star. I hope you're right. It won't be too long before things are getting underway. I want to say media day is uh, a week from yesterday. I think it's, or no, no, I think it's the 27th maybe. And then it looks like the uh, preseason gets underway in the first week of October, and then it won't be too uh, far from that that uh, we're watching regular season games. Uh, first first game, Phoenix. Hey, right back at it. Yeah, and uh, I was. It, it, you can't set it up like that way and not allow me to throw out the. Well, some of us will be watching. Oh, hopefully, <laughs> golly, that are we going to go bigger. into a third this, season of this? Uh, I hope. I hope not, man. It's I hope. a month away. A month away. Uh, if I had to guess, I would guess yes. I would guess yes. Right. Um, it's unbelievable. I, Anyhow, I've, I've been I've been so positive the whole show. I had to drop that one in there at the end. Hey, thanks uh, so much for coming by uh, for your first you appearance bet. on the Mile High Hoops podcast. Uh, hopefully, not your last. Oh, I'd love to come back anytime. All right, guys, thank you for checking in with an off season edition. Uh, appreciate your guys' time. And right around the corner, we got the Nuggets season kicking off. Can't wait to break it all down with you in year four of the Mile High Hoops podcast. Oh, hey, didn't realize you were listening. Well, let's make this quick. And don't touch that dial. We're Rocky Mountain Forest Products, and we're not aggressive. We're passionate. And we're not going to blast you with facts you don't need. But when you do, visit rmfp.com. Whether you're in need of fencing, decking, or siding information, it's all there. And best of all, it's free. No one likes a salesman, so we're not going to sell you. Whether you need the info or not, just remember rmfp.com. You do you, Colorado. You do you.